Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Final Space, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Michelle Ander. Hello. April Collins. Hi there. And Alex Bonilla. Hey. So- oh my god. <laughs> what was that? That was the, the that deep was voice of uh, Mooncake. Yeah, oh, that's uh, me having a deeper voice than that. I didn't even I didn't even recognize. Okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. You gotta watch the episode, Dylan. Uh, I don't know if that was a problem, but no. Okay. Um. We... <laughs> oh, burn. Okay. Okay. Take take two. Oh. Uh, I would have at least understood the voice box. Yeah. Okay. That got that. Yeah. Just do voice box. Okay. Anyway, we're talking the uh, latest episode of Final Space, the other side that aired tonight on Adult Swim. We we're talking Final Space every week here at the Overly Animated Podcast. Find us at overlyanimated.com. Find our Final Space specific iTunes feed. Search for Final Space Overly Animated on iTunes. Um, our YouTube, youtube.com slash overlyanimated, or search for Overly Animated on Spotify to subscribe to not miss our Final Space podcast. Big episode to talk about tonight. Make sure you've seen it. Spoilers for the other side and all previous episodes of Final Space, but I'm eager to get into this one and hear what you guys thought of the other side. Michelle, what did you think? Um, this, I mean, it wasn't what I thought. I, I assumed there were going to be funny hijinks and that really was not the tone of this episode at all. Well, after the Footloose stuff, anyway, it gets a lot more serious. Um, I honestly think I still prefer the last episode to this one, but that's like a personal preference. All those jokes really landed for me. I know they didn't for everyone else. Um, I, I mean, I think this is a solid episode. I think it's, it's an interesting idea and the whole twist at the end um did surprise me i was like oh well kata that, that's even worse you're just there by yourself but i mean i thought it was a solid episode um but i don't know i it wasn't my favorite but it wasn't bad i think it was it was an intriguing idea and i think the execution was pretty good so considering that like solid B plus A minus for me. That's good. That's yeah. a good grade. Yeah. Okay. I think everyone else was on your side about the last last week, by the way. It's just me. Um, but <laughs> okay. okay, that's good. Some people. Some people, yeah. It was me. Okay. So, Michelle, uh, B plus for Michelle. Uh, April, what do you think of the other side? Well, I didn't give, I didn't prepare a letter grade, but I think I agree. It was a solid episode and it's interesting because I wasn't really sure like what we were going to do with this episode. And then like at the end, uh, like that twist, I was like, Oh, like this is. Oh, this is even darker than before. Like, so, and I don't know, like, how I felt about that. Uh, but it was like, it was still like really interesting. Um, unhinged Kevin is scary. <laughs> You're the one to bring up Kevin. Michelle didn't even bring up. Kevin. I'm not gonna talk about Kevin until it's time to talk about. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then. The whole Glarence thing was um, also intriguing. Um, so I guess I would agree with like Michelle's B plus A minus part of it because it was a good episode. It's just that like I was not expecting it in any way, shape, or form. So because this like the season so far has been very like loose and um, but loose. But loose, yes. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> so, uh, but but also like has been very light as well. So this was very like not that. <laughs> yes, definitely our heaviest episode so far. And uh, okay, Alex, what did you think of it? I think I'm gonna mostly echo what Michelle and April have said in that. I appreciate how high concept this episode is trying to go. And I think that the twist at the end, the first time you're watching is hits you pretty hard for sure. Uh, the experience of actually watching it, it feels a bit it's missing in terms of the, the usual humor you get out of the show. I, they're going for a different tone, more of a hopeless tone and to lean into little Kato's uh, mindset in this episode. So it, it's definitely a, I, I think I can say it's a well-executed episode, but because it's contra- it's coming off of last week's episode, which was just like a lot of fun, a lot of mm-hmm. jokes. So because it's right next to it, that's why I think it feels a little weird. It, again, like the, the show is full of tone shifts sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes within the episode, sometimes from episode to episode, and so so because it, this is such a big shift, we're going we're going to like a very uh, um, emotional ride here. So it's it, it's pr- it's a pretty good episode, but for some reason there, there's like some part of it that doesn't click for me to a point where I can say like this is the best episode of the season or something like that because I feel like I had more fun with with one or two other episodes already even though i recognize that this episode when when you break down like how it works like it works pretty well hmm that's interesting okay yeah i want to dig into that i personally really loved this um this is this seems like the kind of episode you'd like oh yeah this this is i I mean it's very very expected i love time passing in different uh, increments and different sides of things episode which sounds specific but there's a lot of these yeah there's so many it's it's, interesting kink That is my media king. No, seriously, that's like my favorite episode archetype. And I think Final Space, Space executed it so well. I'm so happy they did this. This is, um, like, I, I think I understand what Alex was saying just now about it feeling, I, like, I, so we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll see if it, if, uh, if there's something there or not in terms of something missing, but, uh, this is, this is just such a well-crafted episode. I think it's easily the best of the season and one of the best of the series, if not the best. Like, it's, it's, it's so, so, I, I loved it so much. I'll, I'll say that. Like, uh, I, I think the beginning is really fun. I, I think this is, I understand it's not as like zany, I guess. Um, and that's could be preferable with the show. I, I would prefer more serious stuff, but I also think it's just one of the funniest episodes of the season, even with the serious tone. I think there's tons of, uh, of great jokes in here with the older versions of everyone. Um, so I, I think it like maintains the humor and has some of the most successful emotional things that the show's done centered around a character who was like barely uh successful at all a season ago and now is yeah. maybe the best character on the show after this episode like holy crap little kato has got has gotten such focus in four episodes and this episode is the best one character showcase for a character in finals in all of final space like he's so fantastic here the twist is incredible it's so well executed i want to talk about that um just uh, and the emotional beats we do with him i think are very successful it might be more successful if it was a character we were already attached to more but like this is the episode i feel like that gets you into little kato i think that that's the thing yeah it feels like a big jump for me to 
care this much about little Kato. Like I know I recognize that the season has been trying to lay the groundwork for us to care more about little Kato, but still like this feels like a thing that you would get like at the end of the season to be like once you've like gotten a full bond with little Kato and then you can like sympathize with him having to deal with years of loneliness but doing it right now it's i mean i get that uh, i mean i'm probably one of the colder ones a little cotto here but like it feels like it could have been any character almost yeah i think the episode makes some attempts to make it specific to him at the end and i think him talking to the uh hologram of his his dad that he's typing to right like that's very good and then he also has the flashback to his dad dying and um He's, uh, the, 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 like, uh, he's trying to get Gary back. Like, everything that we have for this character, I think, is here. I agree that, um, this isn't someone who we were too attached to before. I think the emptiness, if you feel that from this episode, probably does come from the attach, emotional attachment to Little Kato. But, like, I was really feeling it the other episodes this season, and this episode really cements it, um, firmly in, in, like, him just being one of the most, uh, like, em- empathetic for the audience characters. I, I mean, I'm thinking like, you know, I don't think the show has had like superb characterization for any specific character, you know, up to this point. Um, so I, I honestly think Little Cattle might be the best character. Like, and that's like, I feel like the season's just done so much with him, but this episode specifically, um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 as a, like last episode, I was really unhappy with how fast things move. This episode is very deliberate and I, it's really to the benefit of the, the emotional stakes that are being played out here and also to the comedic beats. I think everything really comes together, although I do, um, I, I, the, the, my hang up, I think you, you guys are reflecting my hang up slightly, which was that, cause you know, I'm ready to call this like one of the best animation episodes of the year. The only thing would be that like, there is some sort of emotional detachment coming from the characters involved because it's such like a a character specific thing that it's driving the emotions from and that maybe hasn't been the show's strength as, as much um so that would be the only thing and we can discuss that i think that's going to be something interesting to get into like is 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 that like a hindrance for what we're doing here can you still do like such character driven storytelling without um you know because like Alex brought up maybe this is at the end of the season with Little Kato, but like this is like in the this is it's interesting to stick it here and it's it's in the beginning of um with this arc we're doing with him um and it builds sympathy for the rest of the season but like is does it also valid in this position that's also really interesting um but yeah I just think the storytelling is is so good and I really want to talk about the twist and how that's executed um but let's dive into Little Kato more because. Uh, and I think Little Kato and the twist, these are like the highlights. Um, he's, he, he, you know, I think like you get a character trapped, um, in, in like in the other side of things, you focus on him and you think like they probably do it about Gary, but like we're continuing our kind of, uh, divergence from Barry being such a heavy lead on this show. This is like another episode in a row where he's not, um, a, a, a super big focus this is the Little Kato episode after the Ash episode last week. And I think we were maybe praising that decision last week to a certain extent. So, um, the, Michelle, what do you think of like doing, focusing so much on Little Kato here? I think the idea of focusing on Little Kato was good. I, I hadn't considered if this had been given more time, but like, I, I don't know. Maybe I've also accepted that it's just not the kind of show that Final Space wants to be. Um, so I think like having this being the fourth episode, I feel like, 
it, it went about as well as it could have. I do think it, it was interesting to see little Kato kind of, I mean, the twist kind of gives you an entirely different perspective, but watching this for the first time, you're like, okay, little Kato's like kind of the leader, but kind of not because nobody really listens to him and they won't vote for his plan, but then he does it anyway because Knife will helps him. I mean, all of that seemed pretty believable. If these were alternate reality versions of characters being 60 years older i would buy that this is what would end up happening even having mooncake have that ridiculous voice i would kind of buy being a thing that could really happen (laughs) but the the ending reveal it makes it just makes it so much sadder because yeah if you're alone for 60 years how would you not go crazy and start imagining your friends around you because like you you're just in isolation for so long and the fact that gary kind of and he had that moment of being like, oh, man, like, I feel you like that sucks. And Gary knows what that feels like. That was like a genuine moment between them that felt very earned and very real. And it helped me believe the whole little God don't care relationship being valid and deep and intense um a little bit more so that was good i mean Lilcato, i think the thing that honestly hit me the most was, was when he like at the end goes back to his old room and he 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 talks to his dad even though it's like him talking to himself he's like well yeah, maybe i should put this away for a while he's like yeah i think it's about time like that to me was the progression like the culmination of everything the episode was building towards like he's he's moving on from a place of holding his father so close now to letting him go and I think, like, that's a huge statement, and I want to see where that leads him next. Um, maybe that's why it's the fourth episode. Maybe, like, that's the culmination of what they want to do with him up to this point. And if that's true, I'm genuinely curious what he's going to be like now, um, having kind of not closed that chapter, but certainly, like, he's 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 moving forward in a different way now without the same kind of relationship with this dead dad slash himself. And like, that's really interesting. So if we get more into that, I think that could be a really good idea. Um, yeah, I, I feel a little weird about little Kato, but to me, actually, it's not little Kato himself at this point. It's more of the, like the believing that his closeness with Gary is real and authentic and earned because that was exactly the same issue I had last season with Avocado when he died. Because, like, the episode he died, they really pushed into their friendship. But before then, I, I was not convinced that they the show had given it enough time to feel earned. This time around, you know, a little house spends all the time in this other universe missing Gary. It has a little memorial for him, and he keeps wishing Gary was there. And I guess because, like, Gary's the only one who's not in his half that we know of until the twist happens. But it also like, it's really playing off of this idea that he and Gary had this really special bond. They were so close and they were a tag team. And like, I feel like we kind of got that vibe from the first three episodes, but maybe not to the extent that I would wholly wholeheartedly believe that. But moving forward, I think I'd believe it a little more. So that's like, I don't know. Maybe those are my qualms, but I still like, yeah, this is the most interesting little Kyle's ever been. So this it was a great episode for him. Like giving him the focus, I think was a great decision. Again, like somebody else who's not Gary gets to carry an episode. And I, I love that. I think that's a great balance. It makes us care more about everyone else. If we actually give them focus for once. Yeah. Um, I think that was an interesting point about how this is the end for kind of what we've been doing with little Kato up to this point. It's like a culmination of a season one 
arc or like or that continued into the beginning of the season i agree with that so i do yeah. think that's like really interesting like how are we moving forward from here now that maybe he's moved on as much as he can from the death of his father and like what do, like we, we still have his bond with gary and that'll anchor his character but now we can do um new things like new things up. yeah well yeah. we're also doing the ash stuff like how will that continue in this new context um so I think I think all that's really interesting. So yeah, that maybe you place it here because you're concluding his arc and moving on to another arc with him. Um, yeah, that's that's good. Uh, April, how did you how do you feel about Little Kato now? How did you react to kind of the this twist at the end that he's alone and everyone was imagined, and also like all the emotional beats with um, him and his dad at the end of the episode? So I it it's interesting because Michelle was talking, and I mean we all kind of talked about the placement of this episode. And um, I kind of wish that we had gotten this episode like second of the season, um, just because I think that would have been really good. Um, like, I don't know, like that because we, you know, one of our things was like, oh, like we're doing this Gary, like little Kato relationship. And so like now, like I totally feel for a little Kato and um, like that whole like being lonely, like for that long, like, of course you would go crazy. And mm-hmm. it. And so, like, like, and that's, like, one of my biggest fears is being alone. And so, um, or, you're, you know, having, like, that immense loneliness. And so, like, this, like, totally struck a chord for me. So I'm definitely, like, way more sympathetic for him now um, than I've ever been. And I, I think the whole thing with, um, like, his dad is interesting because they sort of use Gary as a placement for his father in this episode, because in a way he still like quote unquote has his dad because he's talking to the, to the hologram, even though he's, you know, both sides of the conversation. But like, I wonder too, if like, would he have actually spent like 60 years never getting over the death of his father? Um, because like, would that, does that also explain kind of like this, like, crazy behavior that he's had which is another reason why like i've been very like i don't know like not fully on board like the little kato ship because i was just like you're just this crazy brat whose father died and like you're just being insane um but now i'm like okay like that's good that like you've accepted your grief and you're moving on from that now um and that that takes a lot even if it did take him 60 years like that's a lot i mean if it takes you 60 years to like get over it at least now like we're starting fresh and i agree that like this is going to be extremely interesting going forward with him like is he going to be like the same is there going to be like a different air about him um like where who who is little kato now because we only have like a vague sense and idea of who he is um but like the idea that we have of him is also like him being like in I say insane that's not nice but like him um in a like severe like mental like traumatic state so now he get like are we gonna watch him like sort of recover from that like is he going to be like convinced that like no one is real anymore like because that would be also very interesting to watch as well yeah the the he remembers everything yeah um yeah, I think this episode, uh, reminiscent in uh, a few ways of uh, Star Wars The Force of Evil's running with scissors. Um, the keeping the character, like, uh, keep, keeping it canon, the, the, the time spent <laughs> away is, is actually somewhat rare for the, I mean, I think we're moving towards that to keep the stakes for this type of episode, but like, it still feels big, you know, like in, in that show, Marco, um, that, that, he, he did, he, he remembers all that time and he like did, did go through all that. And then, yeah, this is, 
that that hits pretty hard i think that little kata remembers everything another interesting thing he says like wouldn't he have gotten over it um in 60 years or like that's surprising i what that made me think of is like maybe um maybe it's a commentary about that episode or maybe it's just something i thought of is that like maybe you need people around to get past that like like maybe it's not really something you can get over on your own so it's not really the this time spent getting over it it's like with the help of other people you can you can move past uh grief and and maybe true trauma and i think that's kind of an interesting thing interesting thing is like it 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 all comes together once like he does get these people back in his lives and um you know maybe that's something that episode's talking about yeah Uh, yeah um we can we can get more into this type of thing alex uh thoughts on little kato now and um how what you how you reacted to kind of the end of this episode and your thoughts on that well, little Kato is, um, see, my, my thing is, I don't remember season one clearly enough to have the, because I, I, I vaguely remember that this whole thing of him feeling bad for his father was a part of his character. But in season two so far, we hadn't really talked about that at all. So that's why I get, uh, again, like I think in a vacuum, this episode is working towards something very emotional. But I don't think that the season had done enough in terms yet in terms of uh, building to make this feel as as impactful as it should, because I, I uh, the little Cotto avocado relationship is not something I've been thinking about in the last three episodes so that that's so now i now i'm interested to see what they do with little kato but it definitely feels like uh like a big artificial push of his character without uh, when we could have been slowly building him over previous episodes but instead we kind of shove it all into this one so it it, uh, i i'm fine with little kato i think that this is a good episode for him but it definitely feels like uh, I think that that's also part of my emotional detachment to this episode that I feel like this this issue that we're dealing with in this episode kind of comes back out of nowhere after having been gone from the show for a while. And uh, as for the twist, I, I think that the twist of the, uh, it being all um, all basically in his head like that it, it impacts you a lot when you're initially watching it it's like oh shit like it, it, yes it's the years of loneliness and it sets up the the gary line of the yeah like i know how that how that is and like that adds a bit extra to the relationship but also when you think about it now that we know that everything is fake that kind of like adds a little bit of weirdness to all the characters that like like in terms of um uh, of you know seeing Kevin in the future and Mooncake from the future Nightfall and like how how like Nightfall interacts with Little Okado. it just it feels a little weird now that it's, now that you know that none of that was actually outside but just like all himself talking to himself and they're not representations of the characters we know as as they are so it's definitely a twist that has a lot of effect. But I do wonder what the effect would be if you watch the episode again, uh, how how much those uh, conversations uh, really mean in the end. If you know that uh, little Kato is uh, just uh, hallucinating all of this. Yeah, it's a fair point that right that one of the consequences of pulling this type of move is it means that any character building you had up to that point is not real, at least from the lens of 
the other character. I think that my response would be it's valid for how little Kato views these people. Um, and it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's about his side of the relationships with everyone, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I did watch it back and I think like it mostly just plays normally, you know, it's, it's like, okay, what, these, these interactions end up not being real. They're still like part of the episode. So it's still just like, it's still tangible to the audience. Um, so I think it works in, in that regard. And nothing we're doing is particularly heavy character work with, uh, except for little Kato in the, in the 60 years later parts. So I don't think like, uh, you know, the, we're not missing any, uh, Clarence thing that we're walking back here. I think it's, it's fine. Um, and, uh, excuse me, Clarence. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, in, in response to other things, I think I prefer like single episode storytelling like this. Like, I, I certainly think that it does affect, um, the audience's emotional stakes to a character if you, if you contain things to one episode, but like this, the weight of what we do in this episode spread out across the season, I think is less impactful than doing it all in one episode and just focusing on little Kato. And it's, I really like very focused storytelling. And I think the best way to accomplish that is within an episode. If you're in the television medium, um, I think, so I, I really like doing all of this here. I found the, it isn't, it is, it is, uh, particularly notable that the season had not talked about avocado that much. I found that very restrained. Um, I think the show easily can pull avocado out at any time. Um, it did in the previously on, but that was basically it in the first episode. Um, I, I found that restrained. I think it's more impactful when little Kato pulls out the, the hologram thing that we hadn't seen him in a while. I think like, Oh, little Kato has been holding on to this on his own for a while. And I think that's the intent is, um, you know, like this is something he's been dealing with on the inside. He's best buddies with Gary, but it's not like they're talking about this. It, he's, he's not healthily dealing with this grief. Um, and that's why he's held on to it. And that's why probably why it takes him all this time. Um, even when he's in the, this time distortion to, uh, deal with it because, uh, you know, he needed to bring it to the, the forefront and confront it. Um, and I think like it, it does, it at the very least is impactful bringing out Avocado at this point, not having had him before would be, that's how I felt at least seeing that. Um, and I, I want to talk about the twist, like the mechanics of the twist, I guess. Like we, I think we've done, we've, uh, you guys hit on kind of the emotional beats really well. And I think that I was mostly in awe of how it was executed in like mechanically, um, which I, another thing I, I really one of my favorite story elements is like well executed twists and we had like the best one last year from steven universe and this this one is um it, it's it's about like how they use the characters because there's this one like gag about how um fox and ash are like uh poisoned by hugh in the beginning and uh, Hugh's like you can't prove that um, and then you bring them out when we see Gary, like in the middle of the episode, basically we see Gary and it's like, okay, here's Gary. Time's moving faster. Time's moving normally on Gary's side. It's moving faster with avocado. Okay. Like we're primed as an audience to understand that at this point from all these shows doing this. Oh, here's Fox and Ash. And then where my mind goes is like, oh, you know, this, they were never here, right? It makes sense that they're there. This whole thing with they, they were there and then they died. That must've just not been true. Like they were downplaying it, you know, it was like, uh, they were saying that that's, that that's not real. So like, okay, that, that was all just like, uh, that was all like, uh, for a gag and Fox and Ash were with Gary on the other side. Okay. 
So that's and so that primes you to like certain people are here, certain people are there. But then the end of the episode brings everyone else out at the same like right after it's revealed that avocado that little Kado imagined all these people, and then it's like, um, oh, all of them weren't there, you know. So um, just the the how it like dulls out the characters, I guess, on who's on what side and like what their history was. I thought was like really brilliantly executed. Like you totally believe that everyone is on little Kato's side and there's no reason to doubt that and then at the end when they're not there it really makes sense i think so um i just think it was like also just a very well executed uh twist storytelling wise mm-hmm. i i agree it yeah. was <laughs> i it, it was and i had those exact same reactions too where i was just like oh like they died um it's also interesting too that like ash and fox were the ones who died in avocado's like head i guess versus like anyone else because like right isn't it interesting he doesn't keep ash alive in his head yeah Yeah. like i thought that was really intriguing because like we've been sort of setting up this like ash and like little alcato like relationship thing um which you know i'm okay with now but then i just thought it was interesting that like after the twist i was just like he killed off ash like she was she didn't even stand a chance <laughs> like My- she, she died in like such a i say like mundane way but like being poisoned to death is kind of like that whenever you're dealing with like space fights and titans and stuff like that so my initial thought for that was maybe it was because he knew those two least of everyone so if he mm-hmm. he was going to commit to conjuring up this backstory for 60 years it would be harder to do it with them but the thing that throws a wrench in that is he did keep clarence exactly why did he keep clarence over ash yeah it's it's a little odd but maybe it's just part of like the surprise of the reveal at the end because, like, uh, otherwise, like, you think, yeah, he wouldn't keep Clarence, because why would you want to have him around? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, fir- the first answer is to, like, the mechanics of the episode. But I, my, what I'm thinking, um, now that we're, like, analyzing the psychology of Little Kato with this, is that um, he he was incapable of kind of imagining too much with Ash or, like, dealing with any romance parts of himself until he got past the grief stuff, I think, with um, his dad. Like, I think that's what, like, maybe it's like, okay... Now things he'll actually like be interested in Ash in a kind of a tangible way moving forward, but that's not something he could kind of deal with um, because his mind was like dominated by Avocado, and so yeah, he just you know he kills Ash off. He, he doesn't want to deal with uh, that, or he can't deal with it, or something. I, I think that's kind of interesting if you think about it like that. Um, that is interesting. I didn't even think about like, oh, in order for him to like move on and form another relation yeah. or that close of a relationship with another yeah. person, he would like that. Ooh, why okay. does he kill off Fox then? He just doesn't like Fox. <laughs> he's, he just he's, doesn't asso- know he's associated Fox. with their, their package. Yeah, yeah, like emotionally he can't for he can't really commit to forming that bond in his head until yeah, until he, he gets he gets past this other this other bond that it was severed. But that's, um, that's interesting. Well, I guess then that like kind of sort of in my at least for me, that drives a little bit more of like the he's using Gary in placement of his father kind of thing. Because like he they're so like committed, like they spend sixty years in his head to try and save Gary. Like that's just kind of crazy if you think about it. Like that's a long time to commit to saving one single person. Um, because they don't ever at any point mention like 
oh, we have to like, like, oh, we, you know, we spent 20 years and then we like flew the ship away because we just couldn't save Gary. Like they, they don't even have that conversation um, or anything along those lines. Like they never even discuss like leaving. That's yeah, that's true. And it's unclear if like in Little Kata's head, they're stuck or if they like they have the option of leaving. But at the very least, um, Little Kato never like lets go of Gary. Like he's still mourning him always. He like leaves the gritty uh, death cookie um, yeah. there. Like he he's still always thinking of Gary. And that's that's a great point. We need to factor him and Gary into any kind of this like Little Kato psychology discussion because that's like a primary thing that the episode is talking about. With um, you know, Little Kato needs wants to get Gary back and. Yeah, maybe this is like the replacement relationship for him and his dad. And um, that's why he, he, he something that stuck out to me is like he's so like earnestly friends with Gary in these past episodes. And I don't know, he's like a teenager. Like he's he's he's, he's, he's really that earnest about uh, being friends with this guy, this little older guy. Um, like uh, he, I feel like he'd be more uh, moody about it sometimes. But he, he's just so like maybe it is because he's staking everything on that and um getting you know maybe it'll be healthier for them as well like moving past this grief him moving past the grief maybe he can develop a deeper bond with gary and other aspects maybe they actually talk about things like they should have talked about avocado's death more i think they did a little bit last season but they should be talking about it more i think and maybe maybe they'll um like have more of an emotional relationship beyond just like nicknames and stuff because that's the big thing we saw from them up to this point oh yeah they even got new like they he gave them like new nicknames this episode too i always just kind of figured that like um probably to little Cotto, Gary was the closest person to his dad. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. um, and so that's why he's like, I, at least up until this point, he's been so attached to Gary is because like, this is the last person, like this is the person that my dad was the closest to as far as he, he knows. And so, um, like that would make sense for him to cling. So then my other worry too now is that, is he going to like distance himself from Gary because he's no longer, I, I say, like, he's no longer that attached to his father, but he, in a sense, he's sort of letting go of, like, that attachment to his father. Yeah, I think he probably needs to reconfigure, like, his view of Gary. And yeah. that might take some time, I think. Yeah, I could see him, like, pulling away for a little because he maybe was placing too much on Gary relative to how, relative to his relationship with fa- his father or Gary's relationship with his father. So yeah, maybe he does, he might need some time. I, I could see that them doing something like that. Moving because forward. that, that would also be in, like, that would be, I guess, like an interesting way to move forward as well. Because like, cause again, we, you know, we've all mentioned that like in the first three episodes, like we're putting so much emphasis on this relationship between Gary and a little Cotto. Um, so maybe that's why is because at this point it's now been severed and this is where we go from here yeah i think i think probably we put a lot of emphasis on it in service of this episode because we knew we were doing it now um just mechanically this season but but now moving forward i think there's ways to do it in a different way in maybe less of an emphasis um probably because you're we're probably going to focus on more things now and i think next episode the story is going to start and in, in, in earnest more for the season um so yeah i'd be it's going to be very interesting to see how we handle their relationship also just this character um like because uh, i think little Kato's really shines definitely in this episode and also in the capacity they used him before but they're not going to be able to use him at as significant of an extent I think in the rest of the season. So like, how does he function going back to maybe more of a secondary character? That'll be interesting mm, to see. Yeah. Ooh. I wonder. Yeah. I'd be, I think, I think that'll be, that'll be good. Also, I, back to the, the, 
hologram. I just think just just the concept of um, he's typing in to the the hologram feeding its speech that it talks back up. But also, that, I think that's brilliant. Um, it feels like why haven't I seen this before? But also just like the the execution of focusing on the hologram, and then like panning down to seeing he's typing at some point. Like yeah. I just I just love that mm-hmm. so much. The well, and you can hear that. him clicking the entire yeah, and time. you start to piece it together. Yeah, I thought I was going crazy whenever I first was watching it. I was like, <laughs> is someone typing on a keyboard? Like who sounds this episode? They need to be fired. <laughs> So it's Game of Thrones coffee cup situation. Yes. No, <laughs> yeah, I, I, but yeah, I, I think I think always think it's great when like you don't hide stuff from the audience, but you just like the audience isn't primed to to hear the cl- typing and associated with like oh he's typing in the dial like you don't your brain doesn't go there immediately but it's like it's all when when you understand that that's what hap- what's happening the fact that you had that happening before and now you like put it together i feel like that's even stronger so i just i love how that episode executed all that and the twist and everything like i, yep. I used to yeah go ahead uh, and that's just like a very great visual representation of inner voice right like it's mm-hmm. literally showing us that he talks to himself it, he imagines what his dad would think about his actions and like this is like physically representing that that concept in like such a, a in your face way so i i love that part of it like the fact that it's, re- it's kind of like representing conscience in that way okay? Yeah, definitely. And, and just, this is like a sci-fi mechanic, the use of a hologram. Like, it, it's just, it just feels so good. I think, I think we maybe don't talk enough about how this, the show uses, uh, sci-fi devices, storytelling devices. This is probably my favorite one so far. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna be on the lookout for that more. But yeah, I thought that that was, that was so good. Uh, let, let's, let's dive into some of the, uh, I, I really love that high level discussion. We can get back there if it comes up, but let's talk about some of the specifics of the episode. I want to go into whoever, older versions of every character, but also the beginning of the episode, because we've had like these, this, this episode also is like a beginning segment. Like we had the, uh, the, the game last, last week and then the, uh, the pissing contest before. Um, which, uh, what, uh, well, Alex Olin said at like a con or something. Is that where you said this? The, uh, that, uh, the, uh on, on Reddit. It was just on Reddit. Okay. Yeah. That the, <laughs> the pissing contest was like vital to the stu- the studio executives view of the season. What? <laughs> like, Apparently. Yeah. yeah that, that, this, Did that, that he was important. Uh, my 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 reading of what he said was that um the execs are were looking for maybe more of a zany comedic show and he wanted oh, to de- delve God. into more deep storytelling and so he had a uh-huh. like he needed the first two episodes to be more zany and to sell them more uh, like on the zany like that was my reading of that what he was talking about. Explains a lot. Okay. He, yeah, he said I, the I, first I, two episodes were like a, more of a concession to like uh, get, getting where they wanted to go. I know. Okay. I believe it too. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. explains so much about the second. It kind of. Oh man! But I still, still, they still did a good job. I still, I still defend the second episode. Um, But oh, the beginning, yeah. So I I think this episode also like a beginning segment. So I do think it's like just something they might do moving forward. I'm trying to remember last season if they did this as much. I know we said they had the the Gary floating in space thing, so that's just kind of replacing. I feel like this 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 episode's beginning segment is like definitely the best so far, and there's just like a ton of really funny stuff here. Um, but they start off with, uh, talking about the, emo- the dimensional key that they got, which they said they got another one. Um, oh, okay. It's because they, they already just, had they're one. Yeah, they already capping had one. for us. They already had one. Okay. I didn't put that together until just, they, they, okay. So it's not like they found another one off screen. It's just that they had one in the beginning. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Still three more to go. Okay. 
the uh the, yeah the nickname stuff we talked about um hughes uh probably line of the episode he says uh, my first high five and it was a threesome no one's gonna believe me. <laughs> no one's gonna believe me it's so good. Uh, th- th- this, this episode was a lot more sexual than previous episodes and that was just the first thing, the first part of it so alex hugh in particular has all of his oh lines are sexual like, yeah, yeah. It, this thing happens. I, I cannot believe he hooked up with the other AI. That is, that <laughs> only in little Kato's little Kato's vibe, though. Is that little Kato is shipping them? That's that's yeah, all. Yeah, little is shipping. Them. I mean, <laughs> if you're sitting there, fever dream doesn't mean he wants it. It's just it's what his brain happened, decided. Yeah. 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 He he saw the chemistry and he decided to culminate it in his. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Alex, what do you think of this this direction for Hugh's character, making him uh, so sexual here? I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess, again, if we're, we're continuing down the road of Hugh discovering that he has humanity after all, I guess sexuality is it's an important of piece of the <laughs> yeah. human experience, so he has to dive into that. And if innuendo is his way of entering in that sphere... Then more power to him, but it's gonna be a rough, a rough go <laughs> for some people. An important part, but yeah, it's uh, it's, mo- mooncake too, by the way. Well, okay, <laughs> so moon, mooncake. mooncake. Yeah, I, I love all of the the two mooncake jokes. So uh, Gary says, uh, uh, he's so, so much bottled up energy getting uh, dimensional key. Uh, chokity, uh, gross. That's a different type of energy. We'll talk about that later. Um, like. <laughs> No, it's easy to have cake. And then uh, he says that mu- the music you hear, you can't help but like explode. Uh, Chickity, uh, where is your mind right now? No, no, I mean <laughs> dancing. Yeah, yeah, like, like it is Mooncake a sexual figure? Like, can he can he partake? Yeah, clearly. can he, he partake? Imagination, like everyone else, I guess. Mm. I guess. It was, it's, I, this, it's, it's, like we talked about in a previous podcast, it's such like a basic gag of like Gary interpreting Mooncake when he's just saying it. But it was, it's, I feel like it's been good every time. Like, I, I really yeah. liked it. Yeah. Him. So they could just, it. they could just do it every, the same joke every episode. It'd be good every time. Uh, the, yeah, I think uh, also like this is all in talking to himself, like in the segments, <laughs> and it's, it's so good. Like, I, I've, this is some of his best work, I feel like. <laughs> Olin does great work when he's talking to himself. <laughs> Just have Olin and talk with Lil Kato. Or Tribor. Get Tribor in there, yeah. Get Tribor. He's talking to himself. <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah, Gary Gary wants to play uh, Loggins, and um, Ava says, the Loggins, comma, Kenneth. And so then we get this uh, footloose uh, dancing sequence, and I really loved this. I think this is, like, one of the best kind of montage things they do this a uh, fair amount but i think it was really fun um and uh the uh, i guess the most, most notable part of it was he sees kind of like uh romance sparkles around nightfall at some point um they, they dropped that real quick though and i thank them for that it was quick <laughs> yeah, i uh, it, it's it did like, not oversee its welcome and that's a good thing right yeah, yeah i think like he saw nightfall as quinn would be my interpretation yeah, so he saw her as yeah. Quinn. yeah it's like oh this reminds Speaking of Quinn, yeah, I forgot. Right. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I mean, I know we're we're very anti Gary Quinn, but I think that this is good to not completely forget about it. I think you know, like it makes sense for for Gary's character that there'd still be some moments like this at the very least. Um, so I, I was fine with it here, but yeah, yeah that, for Gary's side, it, it totally makes sense. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was quick, so it's good. Um, then we, yeah, we get the space time anomaly shards of time and uh, little Kato's like piloting through it, but then, um, he hits it and he sees Gary disappear. Okay. So 60 years later, we got to talk about the older versions of everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Old, old little Kato and, I I wonder how much of this episode is started off with like would old little Kato still be called little Kato? Um, I know when they called him that, I was like, well, is he though? The, yeah, you know, they still call him little Kato. I feel like it's better, but yeah, they could have called him old Kato. But, <laughs> Adult Kato. Well, Adult. look, if you if you're if you're junior, but like the senior, even if they're dead, you're still junior. You're still junior. So. That's true. That's, that's true. true. <laughs> yeah, you're um, just an eighty year. Old Kato Jr. That's all. Yeah, uh, but he's uh, he's, uh, he's just he just looks older. I think that's that's good. Um, he's the straight the straight man, I guess, of all these zany future versions. We have Mooncake with the sexy voice box. Um, uh, I I felt very weird about that. I think it's yeah, it's so much funnier to hear Gary interpret and not know what he's saying until Gary tells you than to just hear him straight talk himself. I think it is funnier, but I also think this is funny for one episode. Like, I think yeah, it was, I uh, this more than one episode. <laughs> yeah, but it, I think, I believe voiced by John DiMaggio would be my reading of the credits. And he's, you got that filament? Oh, yeah, baby. Like, uh, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> he's sexual now. Like, <laughs> I don't know. How well, I mean, considering how uh, all sex-based his jokes are with Gary, right? Like, uh, maybe this is how uh, is his real inner voice. It's... <laughs> but, but... And later, a little Kato interprets him, interprets Mooncake to be like, oh, you're talking to your dead dad all day long. And it's like, hey, were you always this mean? So why did little Kato look at Mooncake as mean? That's not nice. <laughs> Again, it's what, what, what faces? His brain is just firing on all cylinders because it's been 60 years in isolation. It's yeah. not yeah. like he wants that. It's just his brain thoughts. I don't appreciate this interpretation. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's I mean, not I know. Mooncake gave the, the cuddle to Ash last episode, but I don't think Mooncake can be blunt, um, from what we've heard sometimes. So I, I don't know. I feel like, uh, I could see it. But yeah, also, it's, it may, you could interpret any of this as just like, it's like when you're dreaming and your thoughts scramble and you just come up with whatever you saw the last day, right? Like this is like that magnified. Um, so, you know, he, who, you could, you could just use that as an explanation for anything. Um, we have, we have old Tribor who's, I think this checks out, um, old, yeah. old Tribor. <laughs> He's crazy. There's always a need for a crossbow. Um, His best joke is later. We'll get there. (laughs) And he's he's this. uh, We talked about the the like the shrine to Gary, the little cat of his. We have Kevin. um, Yeah, we do. Yeah. Who has a uh, hands and got like two like two forks or something? You know, fork and a knife. (laughs) Yeah, fork and knife, which is very scary. (laughs) Practical for only being on a ship for sixty years, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, what do you think of his his new limbs? You're, you're, you're fine. I guess they check out. Yeah. I guess they check out. I don't says, know. Uh, I mean, like, I was more prepared for, like, to, to defend Kevin trying to kill Lil Kato, which I do have a defense for, believe me. <laughs> okay, we'll get to that in a second. He says, uh, death cookies, yum, and then he gets another he death cookie. He's, I love it. Like he's like he doesn't like he doesn't check out to him somehow that they're like for Gary and it's like an offering. He's like, oh no, cookie! I love cookies. I'm gonna eat that. I think it does check out to him because he calls them death cookies, but he doesn't care. He's still just maybe he's them. just he's really eating them. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> also, he's, 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 
cares? Who knows what he thinks anymore? Yeah. It's yeah. surprising that they didn't have like Kevin just constantly like mourning at the wall. Right. Yeah. Because they're yeah. best friends. So. Uh, well, I'm gonna get into my theory for that. Okay. Whoa. Okay. Um, we, we have, uh, we have Hugh and, uh, his famous plant cakes. And then, uh, Hugh and Ava, uh, married, uh, shut up, wife. Oh, why did I, why God. did I marry you? Oh, you know why. Oh, um, oh no. says, my man Hugh is nasty. <laughs> oh cake! All of that was just a lot to process. <laughs> I mean, Hugh having big dick energy oh. is, you know, <laughs> I imagine it's like in Futurama, whenever Bender is dating the ship or whatever, that episode. That's what I imagine it's like. They merge CPUs. <laughs> Yeah, they're, 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 they're opens cybering. up his butt panel and like no, his oh gosh, Alex, no. No. okay okay um <laughs> <laughs> we have uh nightfall who is blind um which uh, the episode doesn't comment on her being blind until yeah, 10 minutes right. later but then it just throws out a bunch of blind jokes all in a row um yeah, yeah. I, I i felt like it was very reminiscent of toph from avatar type yeah, of jokes so similar yeah. Which, in retrospect, weren't is, isn't the greatest thing, but this episode uh, is. I don't think anything was super disrespectful, but uh, yeah, it was. It, it, I don't know. I guess like this is like she's like the sage old woman in in his mind, and her being blind augments that. I don't know. I, I can see it. I can see that. That's yeah. kind of what I got because she's like she was already the oldest one of the group. I'm assuming. Yeah. We don't know how old Clarence. Really, she went through all the stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, all the timelines. All the stuff. Yeah. The stuff. It, make, it makes to me. It makes sense if she yeah. like held up the best sixty because she's already probably spent sixty years in all these other dimensions. Yeah. yeah. Which is uh, also the other thing that I was like, oh, because immediately whenever they were like, oh, it's sixty years in the future, and I was like, well, Nightfall's dead. Like, but that's just a lot. Yeah, I guess I maybe we're going by uh, this isn't uh, biological aging um, for Little Kato because he's back to being um, like in the Star episode. But he goes yeah. adult Marco goes back yeah. to normal Marco. Yeah. yeah. So it's, he's he's just uh, he's still kind of the same age, even though he went through 60 years mentally. Um, yeah. Uh, which doesn't like make complete sense because I think large if not most of who we are is like in terms age wise is mentally but you know i'm fine with tv rules for this yeah yeah um this is the yeah isn't this the stuff they killed fox and asha you can't prove that says hugh and i think he says that again later which is that's a very hugh line i feel like yeah yeah um we talked yeah him uh lokata talks to the hologram um yeah mooncake hey little hey little avocado you're gonna be talking to your dead dad all day long uh were you always this mean yeah, yeah. I, I like <laughs> i like i like little avocado i like that from from mooncake um and then we get to see glarence um where uh, where where gary decide to do a suit he doesn't even like gary that much like kevin should have had a gary suit why clarence have it <laughs> you're right wouldn't kevin that would have made that? so much more sense or even if Kevin was like dressing up as Gary, but as a ghost. Oh my covered. god! Yeah, look, I got <laughs> dead. Surprise. Honestly, though, this is Clarence's best episode. <laughs> it, no, it is. True, I, true. I, 
I yeah. think it's what he's Glaren's is a classic bit. People love it when I slip this little sucker on. Right. I think that's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he talks about his uh, yeah, we'll get it later. But yeah, I think I think this and the money compass are uh, his best gags so far. So I thought this was successful, Clarence. I still I still am not sold why he's there, but um, <laughs> it's, over Fox Smash, yeah. it, he he gets the jokes that don't fit with any of the other oh characters. I'm mean, there like in the general. The characters. Yeah, I guess that that is his role. I mean, his like role in the show, like in every episode, like. But yeah, he this is this is fine. His usually was good. Um, he's Lokata's the distress beacon. Um, they're gonna vote on it uh, whether to use it. Tribor, I like Tribor's Alexan sash uh, gag. It looks like he literally put it together like as soon as they said they were gonna have an election. Oh, you don't believe that he had it stored? No, for... I oh, think wow. he just put it together. <laughs> So distrusting of Tribor. I mean, you're probably right, but the <laughs> you you have reason to distrust Tribor. But is <laughs> he's so sweet though? Uh, he's <laughs> so sweet, just pouncing with, with that crossbow. crossbow. Yeah, he's with the crossbow. That's true. So then Locato goes to rally votes, and he we get uh, more gags from everyone. Tribor has the uh, drinking bird. That's the his big project he's been working on. Um, the the, the has, zoom has any... in on the bird was very upsetting for some reason. <laughs> Why was that upsetting? I, I think it was, it's just the, the anxiety of like seeing the bird go back and forth. Like they keep zooming in, so like the eye is bigger every time. And even like little Kato is wow. kind of disturbed too. He's like, uh, okay, like creeped out by it. So th- there's just something about the construction of that scene that like somehow they got me to feel weird about a drinking bird. <laughs> I think you're always supposed to feel weird when Tribor is involved. So I think yeah, maybe it's just him. him. <laughs> True, yeah, just the Tribor. Has any detail been worked out? Not at this time, no. Um, like that's classic <laughs> Tribor. Uh, we have uh, unhinged Kevin. Um, he's uh, burning you alive tonight. He's singing about that, Michelle. He's and then uh, that. he says, uh, "I'm not. I'm not really gonna do it tonight." Tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I just leave that hanging in the air. What do you think of this as the future, Kevin? Michelle, are you buying it? I mean, I'm buying it for the simple fact that, like, I it hurts me to see Kevin this unhinged. Him killing random people who are in line to commit suicide is one thing. But him trying to murder Lakato in his sleep is another thing. I think the issue is Kevin was built to be a, like, insanity prevention guide. But I think... <laughs> In a way, without Gary, he becomes insane himself. Like they, they need each other to really survive and function wholly. And so Kevin literally just went bonkers because he needed Gary in his life. He didn't have him around for 60 years. And that absence of Gary was enough to just let all his screws go loose slowly over time. And I totally buy that because their bond is like. <laughs> Super special. So of course he needs him to, to remain sane. Yeah, to Kevin. Right. Yeah. I, I, but yeah, without Gary there, Kevin. Yeah. This exactly. is this makes sense for total sense. <laughs> Toxic codependence. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. Kevin yeah, needs uh, therapy along with everyone, but uh, Kevin and therapy would be a fun. Kevin episode. needs couples therapy with Gary though. That's like the reason. <laughs> <laughs> Gary would want to go. Gary would be reluctant the entire time to be there, but yeah, uh, Gary would not show up. <laughs> <laughs> And then Kevin would like leave and drag him in. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he he would he would be the therapist probably. I yeah. can see that. Okay, he, that could be he that could be a deep to find plot. his purpose. So yeah, uh, I can see that. Okay. Um, we uh, Glarence, uh, he is the martini. That's his own piss. Yes. 
Also, we didn't even get the olive. <laughs> That's a good point. Oh my God. He's been I saving that have, sucker. Right? I was like, wait, did you just have like a jar of olives that you've been keeping around for 60 years? Because I would have eaten those already. <laughs> Maybe he reuses the same olive every oh, time. Yeah. No, it's like not even real anymore. It's like a husk of an olive. You could just reuse that, yeah. yeah. I thought this was another good uh, Clarence gag. So, um, this is, yeah, that plus the, the it's a classic Clarence bit. It's a, it's a classic bit. Uh, I think those are uh, two, two, two of the three best uh, things we've done with Clarence, along with the Money Compass. So, um, yeah, I, I think best episode for, for Clarence, but not necessarily saying that much, but we'll see what we, we do with them later. Uh, this, this, the, this also checks out, I feel like, for... For it. I think it's successful when uh, you're like, oh yeah, that, that makes sense for like what, what they'd be doing later. Like I think that adds to the the comedic value. Of, like uh, yeah, this is like the natural extreme for this character. Not even that much of an extreme for a lot of these cases. Um, and uh, Nightfall though, not uh, not too many comedic beats until later. And uh, she uh, she says uh, she'll help because uh, it's what Gary would have wanted. And uh, your, your father wouldn't have said any of those things to you, she says to little Kato. So I guess uh, Nightfall views her uh, favorably in in his uh, delusions. At least he's like one positive figure um, this this whole time. Um, and um, I don't know yeah. if there's something I want to bring up about this thing with Nightfall or not. Because I oh, know it, it wasn't real it. technically. But this is the episode that made me a little concerned about Nightfall. And not because she wasn't a character before. I think uh, she's really been playing this super supportive role with everyone. And by everyone, I mean Gary, Ash, and now little Kato. Mm -hmm. Um, But being a supportive role is... I feel like that means, like, I I guess, like, if she has her own episode, that would be cool. And I'd like that because right now all she's doing is just saying nice things to other people and pumping them up to go do their own thing. But, like, what about her, you know? That's kind of how I felt at the end of the episode. As much as everyone else's backstory for this crazy timeline checks out, like, I felt kind of sad being like, yeah, she's really encouraging and great. And, like, those are all great positive things for a person to be. But that's kind of all there is to her right now. And that seems like kind of a shame. So we're we're due, we're due for a nightfall. Episode. Yeah, we're due yeah. for a nightfall episode. Two episodes in a row where she's basically mom. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Like she's got to play into she's, the she's, from last episode. She's gotta have her own stuff going on, and I hope we see it. Because just being supportive is, like, a little sad to me. Yeah, well, she's been through more than any of these people, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. She's yeah. so. got crazy stories. Why can't we hear any of them right now? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that'll... I think I think that, that feels like something that's going to be addressed. Okay, that'd be good. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, this, this character with this huge past, and she's just been on the side. Yeah. Like, it'll, 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 yeah, yeah, it'll culminate the... somehow. I think that'll be really interesting when it when we do address this. Um, yeah, and then, uh, well, they, we do the, uh, the distress beacon and, uh, the dry board, uh, tears off the sash and, um, the, t- the Titan is coming. Um, hear that my man beast, she's thoughtful as she is insatiable, says Hugh. Um, oh boy. Oh man. Alex, thoughts? No! It, it didn't make sense. 
because they see the Titan, and then Q comments on Ava's sexiness. So like it doesn't, it doesn't fit. It's a little shoehorned, but that's fine. Yeah, she was, she was, she was helping them, and uh, she was making sure he heard. Oh, I guess okay. I don't know. But, uh, sure, maybe, maybe the, per- the the noise of the Titan reminds them of no, the sexual no, encounters. Please. Is that what's going on? <laughs> no. I think that's what's going on. I think you cracked it. Yeah, uh, there's. Like, they the turn sh- and growl at each other hey, look, throughout this Ava episode. Ava is literally the ship. If they have sex, everyone has to hear it on the ship. Have you thought about that? That just seems crazy to me. She could go into one room. They all audio. already She's need therapy. She's every room. She's every room. In these stories, they I can usually talk in one room or all the rooms. I feel like that's usually a thing. Although, um, in the beginning of the episode, she plays logins throughout everywhere. Including where Clarence and Clarence is like, ah, no. Yeah, she clearly. Clarence Kate Loggins. What's what's the reasoning there? I think that it's that Gary had been playing it a lot. I guess was the implication, or that uh, like like that. I don't think they'd experience with it through Gary. I feel like he hadn't been playing it a lot though, because like Gary was very surprised to know that there was that's a, true, that's the true. whole catalog of Kenny Loggins was available. And for the other people, it might be like Gary played it on other shit, but Clarence wasn't there. Yeah, so I don't know. That's yeah, <laughs> unclear. Clarence was there for an episode. Maybe it was that episode. <laughs> the but, single, but that was the very beginning. They <laughs> they weren't even on the ship together. Yeah, I don't think they were on the ship. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll get back to that. Uh, there's probably one of those. There's probably a reason. Uh, Gary, we did this. Yeah, we talked about the scene of them uh, on the other side, Gary Fox and Ash, and then um, we get all the dramatic stuff of uh, the uh, Nightfall. He confuses Little Kato and Tribor. Um, then uh, he's Little Kato goes to kill the the Titan, and um, oh, Kevin says, "Whoa, did I, did anyone else get goosebumps all over their forks?" Um, <laughs> I did enjoy yeah. that. I thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> does, Michelle, does Kevin think everyone has forks? I mean, maybe. Yeah, he probably assumes everyone has cookies. Also, if he thinks everyone has forks. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, the uh, yeah, their, their whole plan to, uh, to kill the Titan. And um, oh yeah, we get the flashback to Avocado dying, and uh, Little Kato says, "What does he have to prove everything?" Um, and uh, the, the he dies from Little Kato dash from the Titan, and Tribor tries to. Uh, band-aid him with the little band-aid um, it doesn't stick oh god yeah that was a doomed plan <laughs> he knows he knows it's just for symbol is symbolic that's what he says yeah um and then the reveal that no one's there um then then we get to see everyone on the other side and uh this the uh, ash is gonna break through and uh Triber wants to run this plan past richard uh, which uh, nobody cares about your dumb friend Richard, all right? This is a weird gag to go back to in this moment. <laughs> we're all building up to the finale when Richard saves the day. Oh my god, I mean, that we, could we, totally we happen. Be. We're gonna meet Richard, and I'm so excited. <laughs> this, like it was just last episode. This is only the second time, but and then like this climax of this like very dramatic episode. We bring out the Richard guy. It's like. It's, it's just... It feels right for the show, but it's like I can't believe it. I, it was, it was kind. Of, I think this was funnier than the first Richard moment for me, at least. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they do with Richard. This is probably uh, Tribor's new trying on Quinn's clothes. I guess they need to have him uh, have a recurring gag every season. Maybe. And, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> In the future, he wasn't wearing. He was probably wearing his own clothes. Was, was he wearing his own clothes? That could have been a thing too. 
could have been uh but no and then uh the ending of the episode locato's uh he remembers everything and uh, the avocado holograms there you go um yeah, I think we we had good discussion towards the beginning about all the the psychology stuff and about uh, and I think we hit on all the 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 comedic stuff with uh, the future versions of everything. I think that was good. So, any culminating thoughts about um going back to our earlier discussion or just uh far to final thoughts on the episode, Michelle? Uh after our discussion, I feel a little higher on the episode and a little higher on little Cotto. <laughs> Um, I think this this idea if we're, if we're tackling this in terms of a say I don't want to say like daddy issues because he's justified in his grief over his father but like culminating dad thoughts I guess and especially April's um, point about Gary being kind of a a father figure um, and that tied into his whole desire to to reach Gary and to talk to his father in the meantime. Um, that makes the ending really impactful because him putting the thing away, as we said before, it, it shows that he he's moving on from that. He he's ready to to put that on a back burner and to, to embrace other parts of his life that he potentially has been neglecting up to this point. And that actually is really powerful and a great character thing to focus on. So looking at it that way, I think it actually is uh at least an A minus, if not a solid A. <laughs> of an episode all things considered from a character standpoint so i'm glad we talked about it now i feel a little more high yay nudged up the, the grade a little that's good. <laughs> that was me last week nudged up a little bit yeah that's the, the usually we're not lower on episodes after discussing them that's good um april uh closing thoughts no i'm definitely like higher on this episode the more that like i got to think about it and like talking about it with you guys so I'm yeah, I'm I'm just really excited to see where we go from here. Like, are we going to continue in like this heavy tone that we have now set up or like, I just want to know where we go. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, pretty open ended four episodes into a season. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, haven't started too much plot yet. So going to be. Very interesting to see what we get from episode five and beyond. We could, we could maybe, well, you all got mad at me last time for even hinting at a future plot. Thing, yeah, so please we won't, don't we won't tell us. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying that the name in the, the no. name says what, the name of the episode says what well, I said. Then don't tell us the name one. yet. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you already know, but okay. Alex, final thoughts. Um, well, I continue to expect the show to bounce around in tone and to continue to attempt ambitious things because that's what the show has done so far and it'll keep doing it and i think that's what keeps it special that it's trying for a wide variety of, of things where it can do something as high concept as this and it just it shoots its shots in like in a lot of different ways and so because of that the way it lands will be very varied but i prefer that because you obviously get like some interesting home runs out of it when it lands perfectly so i'm excited for that uh i will just end this with a ranking of my top five kenny Loggins songs uh first is danger zone i didn't know you were so familiar soundtrack uh look the 80s uh, the 80s radio was very high in my parents uh listening as a kid so i actually Listen you've to not seen you've not seen Archer though, have you? Uh, no, no. So but... that's Danger Zone is very prominent. Okay, there. well it, it's yeah. good. They picked the best Kenny Loggins because <laughs> that's the one that pumps you up for for stuff, and that, that's why I kind of disagree with the preferred one here. But anyway, one is Danger Zone. Two is I'm All Right. I believe that's from Caddyshack. I'm all right. Don't worry about. <laughs> Don't get us taken down from you. Yeah, oh so, uh, th- three. This is it. 
before Danny's song from when he was with the duo Loggins and Messina. So that's when like the early 70s and five Footloose. So like it, Footloose is barely in the top five of Kenny Loggins songs. It's not that special. And he's got a lot of better songs in his catalog. Well, so I don't all think I'm saying is, yeah, I, I know Gary probably, probably likes it for the dance sequence, which admittedly is iconic. But I'm just saying musically, there are be- better songs. Well, okay, <laughs> yeah, okay, that's good. I like this ranking. I'm glad you have the Kenny Loggins knowledge breadth of knowledge that I do not have. Um, but I think it's because they wanted the dance, like the dancing yeah, makes sense with Footloose, yeah. right? It's not because it's like a better song; it's just because they wanted the dancing stuff here. Yeah, and like Gary likes to dance and. It's a good callback from that time he did the Footloose dance last season, so it's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm impressed you were restrained with your Kenny Loggins ranking until the end of the podcast. <laughs> that's thought you would have brought that out earlier. Uh, that's good though. This is a prime position for it. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with your first point though on the. Uh, what I really want from this show is uh, is complex uh, narratives and storytelling. I think this is what I said at the end of last season. I, I really want more complex narratives from the show. This is exactly what I wanted. And I also think episode three, even though it didn't really work for me, I think, like, they went for it. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. like, like Alex said, sometimes it won't work for some person. For me, this episode was the home run. Like, this is, like, exactly what they're capable of. Um, so I just want, like, high con- high concept stuff every single week. Like, that, like, this show is capable of it in a way which a lot of shows uh on tv aren't able to for whatever reason approach like owen seems good at like managing certain expectations and getting to a point where he can do some pretty great stuff um so i think that uh and and also like it's really also it's just like the fact that they have such such great animation i think that also makes you really capable of doing this like they can execute on these concepts in, in, a, in a great way visually and storytelling wise so um i just want more of this from the show like this was this was great for me um and yeah i mean i assume we won't get kind of one-offs like this every week moving forward but we will see i won't read the the title or the description. <laughs> thank you but it's exciting so we'll see next week's episode and we'll be there to talk about it uh let us know what you thought of the other side on the youtube comments or overlyanimated.com or discord at overlyanimated.com slash discord and consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Caroline, a.k.a. Princess, and thanks as well to our patron executive producers, Ryan, Alex, Steve, Beatrice, Hugh, and Michael. Um, check out our other stuff at overlyanimated.com, um, including stuff that's up there. We're recording this a little bit in advance, so I don't really know what's up there right now. Um, but yeah, we'll have stuff there. And some more <laughs> Final Space coverage. Uh, OKKO, okay Young Justice, et cetera, et cetera. Fruits Basket, yeah, all, the, all that. All the favorites, they'll, they'll be there. Um, but Final Space, the most favorite of them all, right? <laughs> and we'll... Yeah, to some, yes. To some, yeah, sure. we're some pretty big fans on, on our community. Yeah, okay, so we'll be back to to me because I love this episode. So now I'm I'm in, so it's good. Okay. Well, well, we'll be back to talk Final Space next week. Thanks, guys, for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.